Nestled against the San Gabriel Mountains near Pasadena, California, is a gateway to the solar system and beyond, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. A NASA facility, it has been managed since the time of its creation by the California Institute of Technology, or Caltech. When visitors first enter the laboratory's museum, they are greeted by an image of three space pioneers from a half century ago, captured in a moment of celebration. Explorer was forged in the cauldron of the Cold War, at a time when JPL was building not spacecraft, but missiles that carried atomic weapons. This is the story of how JPL entirely changed direction and purpose. This is also the story of a satellite that would give the world the very first space science discovery, one that would change our understanding of how life on Earth came to be. It's Office Hours with me, Chris. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Office Hours. It's a special one. We're packing to hit the road. It is our last production in studio. And of course, that means Brentley is in the office with me. Oh, save a seat for you. It is very cozy. I forgot how cozy it is in here. Yeah, it's because I forgot to turn off the oven, actually. Oh, yeah. I was cooking and I just left it on. And it's not the most efficient way, but you know, it's something. I was busy. So, by oven, do you mean the computers that run the studio? Basically. (laughs) Okay. Gosh, they're always running, I tell you. If I can keep them up. Sometimes they go walk in and they've crashed, but that's a story for another time. Brent, are you, uh, are you really here? Did it did it actually happen? <laughs> I just snuck in overnight and you didn't even realize it. It's incredible. <laughs> wow. And we have a mumble room here too with us as well. Hello, mumble room. Time appropriate greetings. Hey, hello, Chris. Guys. And hey, Brent. Hey, hello, guys. Hello. And uh, hello, everybody watching live over at Jupiter.tube. So I was watching the live tracker last night before I uh, hit the hay, and I saw that you were entering a very uh, dense region mm. of the Washington state. And uh, an area with no cell signal, lots of wildlife, windy roads. And then to make things even more interesting, we have a ton of wildfire smoke in the area. So visibility is low. And because you like to do it in the hardest way possible, you were driving at night. too. No, not well. exclusively. At no. I had maybe, I think maybe two and a half hours of nighttime driving. You probably had, though, like the most treacherous part of the driving at, at night. You have no idea what I went through. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> what happened? What happened? Well, most of the drive actually was quite similar to that. So I came from, you know, eastern side of BC. And so I just, I think I did like five mountain passes. Yeah. Two in the on the Canadian side. And then I think it's three on the It's ridiculous. Side. So, so many mountains you have to drive past. And I I could have driven south through Seattle and had the flat easy, you know. Yeah, and 20 is our most treacherous, like, built old school, Mm -hmm. like the way they used to build them. Which is like, just follow the mountain. Yeah. Although there were a few uh, subterranean tunnels just after the Diablo Point. Yeah. uh, That I forgot about. We we drove that together 2018. Yeah, probably. And uh, I forgot about those tunnels. Those were great. Yeah. Yeah, that is, though. That's like the route that I don't really take the RV. I've done no. it a few times. I have. Oh, really? I've done it. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> it's some, There's like some serious switchbacks, and there's long, large portions where I, I'm I, I'm like shifting and, you know, like. Yeah, oh, it was an active game yeah. yesterday. I yeah. had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, you can. If you've got a sporty car, if you can, you know. I do not. Well, I mean, if you can take corners and stuff in that thing pretty well. Well, like, my car's nothing special. It's an old vibe from the early 2000s. You did install that supercharger. Well, there's that. It sticks out the back. It's kind of weird. Yeah, and it makes kind of a farting duck noise. Yeah. Just ignore that part. (laughs) It's the performance that counts. I thought maybe that was cool in Canada. (laughs) But I guess not. The Canucks? (laughs) (laughs) The Canuck boost? <laughs> it's standard. It's uh, paid for. It's like the healthcare system. Right. You just get one for free. Okay. Good. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I think the, the the part of the road you're talking about is yeah, certainly windy, certainly mountain roads, but it was like that for the most part. I mean, the Okanagan section is more flat because there's a bunch of, I guess, trees growing there with fruit on it that are amazing. But most of the ride was exactly what you think it was. So it was a very active drive. It was 11 hours of 
very active driving, which is actually fine with me. Zero traffic. Yeah. Just like me in the mountains. You took the great. long way in a way, but you took the most scenic way where there is the least amount of people. And I, if I have a choice, I'll, I'll take that route. Although I usually take it in the day. If you take it in the day, there's like waterfalls and all kinds of elk. Most and- <laughs> of the drive was in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I did right. see a bear. Right. Uh, which was pretty cool. I yeah. tried to get a little video of it for you, but these... Yes, yeah. turns out they're kind of fast. Yeah, and they always look smaller on the on the cell camera than they do in person. Yeah, tons of deer and stuff is really nice, and uh, beautiful views despite the thick smoke that followed me the entire way. It's sort of like last year's road trip; it's just a cloud of smoke over us, and I think it's going to be like that again. <laughs> we were that close, Brent. Oh man, almost. We were like, we so we tactically timed the road trip to be late September. To try to make it after wildfire, wildfire season and to try to also... And the heat, yeah. And the heat. Yeah. We may be successful on the heat part, uh, but I don't think we're going to avoid the smoke. I just... <sighs> poor Jupes. <laughs> oh, man. She always gets driven in the most extreme conditions. You know, I was thinking about that, though, and this is a total departure, but from what I've learned about wood stoves is that smoke actually has a lot of combustibles in it. Something like 70% of the energy in a log is from the smoke. Because a lot of combustibles in there. So you have to have fire that's hot enough to burn that to have a clean burning, right? So then I was wondering yesterday, because it's 11 hours of being in the car doing nothing. In an engine, if it's taking in that smoky air, is that actually a benefit? Is there some kind of, uh, probably not, but you know, that's yeah, where my brain goes. It doesn't want those, you know, I'm sure it doesn't want those foreign materials anywhere in the combustion chambers, but. Uh, Why not? You know what you do need is you need like a bizarre collector. So in, on a star, on a Federation starship, uh, standard Federation NCC class starship. You see, you got Bassard collectors that are soaking up like radiation and, and gases and supposedly converting that to energy in the ship. That's what those red knobbins are on the on the end of the warp nacelles. You just need something like that on jupes. It's like got a big vacuum face that sits on the roof just collecting stuff, and then she burns that and generates energy and charges the batteries. I mean, I think you're onto something. Red knobbins. That's the next thing. <laughs> so it was a smooth drive, no incidents or anything? I did have an incident, actually. Uh-oh. I uh, survived it, which is good. Uh-oh. But there was a part of the mountain uh, uh-huh. that ended up raining okay. on the mountain. Sure, you know? sure. Uh, so I'm, I think, a pretty aware driver. I agree. I think you're downshifting, you uh-huh. know, not burning your brakes up going down these passes and stuff. If, yeah. you, if you've driven mountain passes, you, you shouldn't ride your brakes all the way down. Bad, bad idea. Um, so lots of active shifting and stuff. But some of these corners are crazy tight and it was raining. I have some all weather tires, which are winter rated, but they're kind of all seasons that are winter rated. The, they've been amazing for me. They're great, great tires from Nokian, I think it is. And I did a thing that Alex will shake his head at. <laughs> okay. So I was downshifting into a corner and I, th- I thought I was doing fine. But then this one particular corner, it was like a going down a mountain pass. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to kind of slow to your speeds down. Uh, I think it was like a, a 40 or 35 recommended turn. And um, what were you doing? Yeah, it's hard because I get kilometers. Uh, I think usually I was doing like five over that. Oh, OK. For most of the corners, totally. You got to smoke. Totally car. fine. Yeah, yeah, that's it, right? It's totally fine. But this particular corner, uh, I guess, surprised me in the sense that it was wetter than I expected. And so I uh, was going into the corner and was gearing down and stuff, but that wasn't quite enough. So I did the thing you're not supposed to do, and I am kicking myself. I just put my foot on the brake slightly, and I hit the brake right in the like apex of the corner. That's exactly yeah. what you don't want to do. But yeah. there's this like human reaction versus what is the right thing it's like it's like like just the other day i was i was going a little bit faster than i should and a cop pulled in behind me Mm. and i know i shouldn't hit my brakes Mm. because that just sort of signals to him Mm. that i know i'm speeding right (laughs) but i couldn't help it like i I just hit the brakes no what are you doing don't hit the brakes just just coast a little bit you're good you're good yeah it's just like you can't help it it's instinct so unfortunately for me what that meant was that the front end started sliding out and this is a pretty tight corner. So thankfully, I, you know, as a kid, drove a bunch of machinery in very sketchy forest areas. So you kind of have a sense of what to do in these situations. So I ended up sort of starting to skid sideways down the road around this curve. Ooh, it was You drifted the corner. I needed a drone. It would have been an amazing <laughs> thing. Uh, and uh, so, you know, my 
like all the alarm bells are going off like this isn't good yeah and uh thankfully i just kind of slid a little bit <laughs> and and my front end which i think you noticed this morning my front end just kissed the mountain like the the smallest kiss to the actual mountain face that I was going on. That's what that's from. That's recent. That's that. I did see it. It's yeah. A, it's a few hours old. Wow. And I just to say caught my license plate on the front because we have license plates on the front and it, it got pretty mangled. I fixed it before wow. coming here. But also it just kissed uh, the fender on the front and I have it tied together with a few zip ties that I happen to have in the front seat. But um, I love that you didn't say anything about this. You haven't well, said a word about this. Because I thought it was really fun to have on air. Amazing, dude. <laughs> it's the podcaster's dilemma, right? Do you say anything or <laughs> no, do you yeah. hit record? First? Wow. So like, okay, so you you like, how much of that jolt did you feel? Like when you, when you kissed it, like how much did you it, feel? It was honestly pretty subtle. I knew I was. Did you know there was damage when you? Well, I felt like the slightest little bump, like. Uh-huh. Like almost like you're parking your car at the grocery store and you just to Tap. say nudge the, yeah. you know, yeah. just the smallest little thing. And I thought, oh, I know cars. They're so sensitive. You touch anything. Yeah. They just fall apart. So I knew there was something. But the worst part was not the sliding. I'm fine with that. The worst part was then I was stopped in the middle of the road. Oh, geez. Perpendicular to the road with my nose against a mountain face and a you know, to my right, which is up the hill I just came from, it's a total blind corner. So anyone coming down there would never, ever, ever expect a car to be where I was. So then I was like, okay, now's the time to perform. I got to get out of this. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So thankfully I was able, I had to do actually a, like a double um, three point turn. I had to go front, back, front, back. It was the Austin like Powers thing. The, uh, the worst thing to do in the middle of a I think I can almost picture where you're at. So you were coming down probably the last pass. Is this your last? Yeah, I this think is it was. On Highway 20? Yeah. Yeah. Those are some tight corners. That one. It's just the one caught me, you know? The rest were totally great. Can you believe I took the RV through there a oh, few man. times? <laughs> I, I think if, if if you're going super slow, it's yeah. like actually great. Yeah. You got to really go slow. But when you're, when you're 25,000 pounds, mm-hmm. going really slow is hard. And I, and I think, I, I don't think I took the rain into account. Enough, right. To be honest. Right. Yeah. Well, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. So I got out of there and- yeah, there were actually no cars around, and there weren't for most of the trip, That's so it was good. actually fine. But yeah, um, any other route, and there would have been a steady stream of vehicles. Yeah, yeah, so it turned out to be fine, but it had my uh, blood pump in there for a sec. But that kept you awake for a little bit longer, <laughs> right? That's why I was awake. <laughs> that worked. Should do that Whoa, next. Oh, Brent! Wow. So we'll have to do a few little repairs on my uh, my front end there. I'm not sure if there's cell signal in that spot either. No, no, oh no, because. Thankfully, I was able to um, get turned around, go down the road a little bit more. And like a few hundred feet, there was a little turnoff. So I turned off immediately there and uh, just, you know, let things cool out down in my own body, but also just take a look. And uh, first thing I was like, oh, yeah, no cell signal, no buddy around, really. And that's what I was thinking about is like, okay, well, if something actually does happen up here, especially if the only car that you see just crashed into you, then... then, yeah. You know, you mentioned how these roads were built a long time ago. Yeah. And it made me think, how crazy was it? I know. building those roads. Well, many men it. died. Oh, I know. It's insane. That, so, that outlook I'd like to take you to, I was telling you about, tells you, they have a few plaques there that tell you about some of the sacrifices. Oh, that, man. It's insane. Yeah. And we just take it for granted. Yeah. It really is something. And they didn't have gear nearly as good as we have now. <laughs> right. So. All right, well, we've got a few things I want to get into, including some JB updates, some website updates, but also some podcasting news. And Gene Bean actually kicks it off with our baller boost this week with 30,000 sats. Wow. I'm a back home in pajamas that cost $10. Tell my mother that I love her more than any freaking other. That's a life of a back home baller. So he says, I just saw that uh, Albie has released Saturn. And I couldn't think of a better way to let you know about it other than a boost. He's right about that. I'm uh, curious what you think of it, by the way. Gene Bean on Fountain, but sometimes it uses my Twitter handle. No worries, Gene Bean. We got you. So Alby is a web lightning wallet. It's uh, something that's been sort of on my radar for a while. And in the last few weeks, I've, I've, uh, I've ended up having a conversation with one of the co-founders. I've set up an Alby wallet. I'm actually really impressed with it. And I typically am super skeptical of anything that touches the web browser. But Albi does a couple of things like uh, it lets you use your own node, it, you know, lets you use your own seed phrase and encryption. It does a couple of things that I think are really smart. And I think for lightning payments to really take off, you probably need some kind of web integration. 
And uh, Albie's a really solid project. They've been also working with the Podverse crew to get Boosting working on Podverse Mobile. And now they've introduced Saturn. And it's Sat-Earn. Get it? It's a value-for-value platform for podcasters. It's kind of like what you get when you set up Umbral and, and, and Helipad, where we get all the boosts and stuff. Oh, yeah. They're building that for any podcaster who doesn't necessarily want to set all that up. That is really cool. It's very cool, Ren. They have a dashboard now that shows you who's boosting in, number of uh, boosts that you've got. But they also, look at this, are giving you metrics. Oh, man. Yeah. So they're generating, they're generating metrics on the fly to show you like your boost performance, episode releases in correlation to metrics, boostogram revenues, all that kind of stuff to just give people a dashboard to receive these. Now, I actually have no intention of using this, right? Because like we're not trying to generate a big, big set of business revenues from anything like this. And Helipad is really great for what we use. I love Helipad. Uh, it's a tool built by Dave Jones, the pod sage of podcasting 2.0. It takes the messages on lightning payments and it displays them in a nice UI, categorizes them by show and episode number. Also, it enables it like a, C via, a CVS file export. But the cool thing is, is it's a Rust app with an actual like database backend. It's a what? It's a Rust app. It's yeah. A, what did you say? <laughs> All right. Fine. Fine. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Are you happy now? I do it for the people. And, you know, it has an API and all that. So we're actually very happy with Helipad and, and our own homespun solution. But if you uh, were getting into podcasting or if you had a podcast and you weren't really interested in hosting all this stuff yourself. Or you just want a different UI on top of it, I suppose. This is a great system. And what's cool about this is we could use this. We could just add this destination as one of our splits, like, you know, a tiny split, like a five sat split or something, six, ten. So it's clears, you know, a five sat split. And then we would send a copy of all the messages in here and the team could log in and read the messages that way. So well, aren't you curious to just give it a spin just to see? I kind of am. Right? I kind of am, but I really like our current workflow as well. Well, and I think our workflow, what's it been like eight months now? Yeah. Um, I think has informed a lot of the decisions and the learning that we've done, like having to build it from the ground up like that has been really fascinating and yeah. uh, very and I, educational. And I like the self-hosting aspect. of yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. But the Albi teams seems really solid. Um, they're making open source stuff over there and uh, they're working with other projects. They're, they're kind of filling the market gap to make, to make some of the aspects of podcasting to 2.0, a little more turnkey for other podcasters. That's a great service. It really is because, the other the other pressure here is, you know, you got your Spotify's, but you also just have your micro ad platform. So this is a new thing they're doing, micro ads. You enter your podcast into a database and uh, you put some attributes in there about your audience, like average size, uh, where they work, average age. Like you, and then they, they'll give you tools to survey your audience if you don't know that information. So you can ask everybody to go take a survey and then give them all that information. And then you plug all that in there. And you, you tell it like keywords about what you talk about. And then they have a, another side of the system that advertisers log into. And then they filter on those attributes. And then they select a bunch of podcasts. They just check, 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 check. And then they say run campaign. And then on the back end, the podcasters get an email that says, okay, podcaster, you've got a campaign for this. So, some product you've never heard of for some company you know nothing about. You know no idea, no idea if it's a scam. And that's how a ton of this scam stuff gets gets around is nobody really knows anything about the companies are doing deals. Because with. no one's doing research on the product. Nor yeah. have they necessarily ever seen it. Right. And they're making it easier and easier. You just go put your information in there and then you just end up with an email and they're t they tell you do the ads, you agree to it, and then you get paid. And uh, that stuff sucks because they're like for stupid crap. They're for dumb services and just all kinds of stupid stuff. Um, I uh, here, I'll get you. Here's, here's an example, actually. I was going to save this for Coder. But uh, I do actually have, um, I do have a current example. Let's see if I go over here. I saved it. Yeah, here we go. So Dennis wrote in. Just this is the email. Can you give me a quote on your best reseller prices for the following, please? I'd like your regular guest posts, non-gambling, and I'd like a price for your gambling guest posts. Looking forward to hearing from you. Kind regards, Dennis. Now, um, you could just reply here to Dennis and say, yeah, here's our price. And Dennis could choose to buy it. And then we're supposed to just run a low key like segment. Yeah. No one will notice. On gambling. Uh -huh. I know. It's just so funny, all these guys. And we get this kind of stuff all the time. Um, and this, that's not even the automated stuff. That's just like, you know, somebody's mass mailing shows that they find in iTunes database and stuff like that. 
So yeah, Gene Bean, uh, I'm very excited about Saturn from Albi. I think it's going to be a great stepping stone for folks that are trying to get uh, boost enabled on their show and they don't necessarily know about all the infrastructure and they don't know about the helipad app and uh, Albi seems like a really solid team i like what they're doing over there too so i i have good faith that uh, they're going to do uh right and i think they're really investing in podcasting too it's neat to see like even from week to week i guess two weeks from fortnight to fortnight when we do this show yeah how things are evolving even they are. in that time every couple of weeks and i'm only hand picking yeah right like there's several stories i'm just leaving on the table because you know there's there's other outlets that are covering podcasting news. I just want to cover, I'm covering the stuff here that I want the JB audience to be aware of. Um, but podnews.net is another one if you're interested. And then I think the podcasting 2.0 show, if you're mm. interested in this stuff, is is a must listen. So, Brent, let's do a little reflection on uh, your Matrix adoption. Because I think when we started this show, you were kind of like, Matrix. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> use a Matrix. <laughs> Which we use for our live chat right now. People are suggesting titles as we go along. But now, you know, after this website project, I feel like you're on a whole, you have a whole other perspective. Yeah, you've caught me in that one. I, I, uh, I was a little skeptical at first, and I think you know why. It's because the user interfaces were really kind of rough even just several months ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, if this is the situation we're um, suggesting that our audience subscribe to, I, I don't like that idea at all. So I was skeptical is a nice way to put it to the point where I actually uninstalled it for myself for a few months. Um, you convinced me to grab it up again, thankfully. Well, you didn't give me much choice with the show, I think is really what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, like to, to go on that concept again in, in those few months, I'd say, you know, element primarily that I've been using, uh, I've tried a few others, but that one has seen a lot of, uh, work. I, I've, of course, as you might expect, put in a few bug reports on Element, which is, and the team responded really quickly, which is great. Oh, good. But it's been lovely. And I've seen the JB adoption be really good as well. And I have loved many aspects of it. I won't go into detail. But the JB website room specifically, which I spend, I'll say, probably like 80% of my time in because the people there are great, has seen a crazy amount of people in it for the project that we're doing, I thought. Yeah. yeah. It started slow. We were like, you know, 10 people or so. Yep. And now I think we're up to almost 100. Yeah. And uh, every now and then I stop and think, oh, well, it feels like a tiny little like room of just a bunch of friends working in here. And it's great. But actually, there's 100 friends sitting in this room. It's really cool. So thank you for everyone who's been interested in the website. You know, if even if you're just in there just to sort of hear what's happening and not necessarily contribute i think that's still <laughs> worthwhile but um i've seen a huge massive uptick in the number of people contributing recently as well so uh that's been really really amazing i feel like at the beginning of 2022 we were still all of us as a team were like eh, was this a good idea oh this is a lot of work i'm not sure this is a good idea and then you know more than midway into the year it's like oh boy i'm sure glad we made a bet on this platform this sure was the right way to go it's been really nice, uh, like having the West Coast crew in there to organize stuff for the West Coast meetups. And then we have you know, the JB General chat for these events that we're doing and the Linux Unplugged rooms where we're talking about Linux Unplugged stuff. And the, the Bitcoin chat room that we've set up is got to be the best, most level-headed, most respectful you know, Bitcoin conversation wow. I've seen anywhere on the Internet. It's just, <laughs> that says something. Yeah. It really has been, um, really seems like it's been a good bet. Like it was, a, it, we, we bet. Kind of a risky, I feel like we were a little risky when we bet because there was big pushback. You know, our buddy Wimpy, you know, pushed really hard to go with Discord. And we already have a Discord set up and there's still value in it too. I think you could still argue today. But, you know, it's been also a good project for us. It's been a good project to learn, you know, implement things and, and really try out some of these technologies and, and push the edges. And uh, we broke things when we deployed the new website during the show last week or two weeks ago didn't even know it at the time because everything just seemed fine we were using the matrix chat while we're doing the show you know everybody voted on titles we were talking to the live stream everything seemed great it all seemed good after we <laughs> deployed the website like how could we have broken anything right um and then the next day i noticed things were really kind of slow but it was like the last week of august and there was people chatting there was absolutely people chatting in there and i was actively chatting with you and wes in there and i thought well, okay yeah maybe people are taking you know you know it is new it's new. Maybe people are just down, you know, for the summer doing something and it's not quite their habit yet to be in here. Uh, okay. All right. 
I won't worry about it too much. And I say something to Wes. I'm like, you think anything so? I mean, usually by this point in the day, I have several unread messages, and I haven't. I don't have any unread messages right now. This is really weird. You know, like you get a day off. Yeah, right. So okay. And I kind of think, well, good for everybody. They're out getting some summertime. Good. Well, meanwhile, you're here worrying about it. <laughs> yeah. The next day, Thursday, because the show is on a Tuesday. The next day, Thursday, I was AFK for most of the day because I took an odd day off, which I don't usually, not really off, but I was driving for a lot of that day looking for furniture for troops and um, just didn't, didn't have any chance to spend any time in the element room until the evening and the matrix room. And then I noticed it was slow again. Okay. Next morning, though, Friday morning, I'm back at the work. I've been in the office early. And now I, uh, by Friday, I've expected to hear from several people and they haven't gotten back to me. I'm like, that's weird. And they're all and like some of the chat rooms have just been dead quiet. Nothing said. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. We've had an episode come out. The website's gone live. Something's definitely wrong here. Nothing was obvious because there were people in there chatting, but they were members of that server, jupiterbroadcasting.com server. Oh, I see. So people who were native to that server were chatting away just fine. But anybody that came from a home server or maybe their matrix.org account, anybody that connected via the Federation wasn't there. But there was no air message. And there's nothing obvious about it. And it wasn't until I decided to go create a brand new from scratch matrix.org account and then try to connect into the Jupyter Broadcasting server. (laughs) That's what you had to do? Yeah, where I realized that direction isn't working. Like I can go from the server, I can go out, but you couldn't get into the server. Uh, And then from there, Wes and I, started troubleshooting it. Wes pretty quickly figured out, oh yeah, we had an identity file on the old website because we use the jupiterbroadcasting.com domain and not the colony.jupiterbroadcasting.com. And so we had to have this file up there. And then it was a matter of figuring out like, well, how do we do this now? (laughs) Right? Because like in the old days, I would SFTP up to the server, copy the files and I'd be done. And it would be like, Wes and I would have known it happened. There'd be no trace. There'd be no log. There'd be nothing. Memory only. Yeah. Uh, but that's not how it works now. <laughs> no. So like, I'm like, okay, so uh, first thing I got to go do is I got to go create a GitHub issue identifying the problem. So I got to document what the issue is and try to describe it best I can. And so I do that. And then Wes jumps in with what he knows. And then, you know, we had a, a fix pretty quickly. And then I'm deploying. And he applied, you know, he, he uploads that fix. I'm deploying that fix from GitHub. It rebuilds the website. And a few minutes later, everything was working on Matrix again. But the new website did manage to break our Matrix Federation for a little bit. And then it started reconnecting and people just started coming back online. Mm-hmm. They had been chatting along yeah. all along. It's, it was like a fork almost. Yeah, like, two... like, like an old IRC fork or, yeah. or, a, or a split or whatever they call it. Um, a net split. But yeah, uh, they just thought we were like not responding. And we just thought they weren't showing up. They were like, oh. Must be the end of the summer. Yeah, they're all they still talking to each other because okay, yeah. all their Federation connections are working just fine. So they're all just talking along. And then I show up like three days later and I'm, and they're like, oh, nice of you to show up. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. But before we fixed it, I'm like, oh, crap. You know what we've just done? And Wes is like, what? We have just missed. The best window in the history of this server to do maintenance and upgrades. It's true. Right? (laughs) So right before we fixed it, (laughs) we did a bunch of like updates and stuff like that to bring it all up to date. So uh, Did you document that somewhere? Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Totally. Totally. And and so, I well, I have some questions there. Uh So in the end, how was the process to fix this? Because you had to basically upload a file sort of. Yeah. 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 And Wes figured that out where it needed to live and all of that. That actually... You know, um, I like I like the uh, self-documenting aspect of it. Like, if you go dig around in our GitHub, you could find that entire thread and see what happened. I think that's fascinating and valuable for an organization like ours. So it's better overall. It it is it is a slower process in some ways, right? I guess. But then again, it's kind of hard to say when you're building a website. I think it's slower in the sense that you that day. It was slower for you to solve the immediate issue. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still like, I, I could have probably just explained less in the GitHub issue, you know, and I could have just kept it really short, I suppose, and that would have been quicker. But I wrote it out in case anybody had some other ideas. And there was some discussion. So it did, it did result in some interesting discussion. But the same, I think it probably would take me about the same time to go to GitHub, create the issue, write out a little bit about it, tag people or whatever. 
that's probably about the same amount of time it would take me to SFTP a file up to the server and I'd be fixed at that point. Right. Uh, but that is the old, you know, dynamically generated website. This is a new static generated, statically generated website. And so you need to like put it earlier in the process. So it's kind of like the best, there's not really, I mean, I, I could have built it locally and uploaded files, I suppose to a server, but that's, it doesn't seem like a better process. It just seems like a different process. Well, you know? I- I think I'll argue that. I think it's a better process. Yeah, I think ultimately it will be. Yeah, yeah. For that kind of fix, I'm not positive, but generally, in all other aspects, yes. I'm positive it's... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm positive it's a good thing. Yeah, because you get documentation. Well, yeah, you get documentation. So I woke up after... Well, okay, so my story is I spent two full days working exclusively on the website and staying up far too late doing so and really enjoying myself. I think it was like the four in the morning or something. It was great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I was like, geez, it's really quiet in the matrix room, right? Um, <laughs> you guys, everything's fine. Nothing's broken. <laughs> that's it. So, so I woke up that third day and I was able to just read everything that you and Wes had done. And I was fully caught up, which was great from that perspective. But also from the conversations that happened there, um, Elroy created a new end to end test that checks that that matrix federation file exists. So in the future, we will know pretty immediately when that's a problem. Now, there's a small issue with that test that we have to figure out that I think we'll get there. So it's not quite functional yet. But, I mean, that's, I think, some positivity that you get out of that process. So you have to, like, put a little bit more in. But you get these benefits right. that otherwise you wouldn't get. Yeah, so you're essentially saying streamlined communication because you came online after the issue was fixed, but when you came online, you probably saw the messages saying, heads up, something's broken. So you come online, what you know immediately is, oh, something's broken. But then you go to the GitHub issue and you know immediately, oh, it's already been resolved. Yeah, and so that you, kept you me, see the whole story. It certainly kept me from like reaching out to you in real time, interrupting whatever work you were working on that, at the time that I was you know, starting to get caught up in my day and such. So I think there are benefits that yeah. maybe are hard to see. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is a uh it is a transition from like one or two people managing something to a team of people and then like you said you get Elry's experience or uh you know oversight where he saw oh, you know I could oh I could modify this so we actually will do a unit test for that and make sure we actually check to see that files there so we never blow that away again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff which uh a lot of us would never think of just because once we have a fix we're on to the next thing. Yeah, what I've really appreciated from everyone who's been contributing is like we all have different specialties and different perspectives and so when a problem shows up there are like there's like this hive mind of like oh i'll fix this little part of it and i'll fix this other part of it and then all of a sudden you have a better solution than any one person could come up with it's really great we should talk more about some website updates in a moment i wanted to say before we completely move off of matrix we are thinking a lot about a member matrix room so if you're a member of any of the shows or jupiter party we're, we are talking as a team like the best way to facilitate essentially like your own bat line, kind of like the boosts are, but um, just sort of as a feedback mechanism. And uh, we are kind of having the conversation right now of just how clever do we want to be, right? Because obviously we could do something as simple as email the members a link. Or we could do something as clever as integrate with the API of our service provider and, you know, authenticate and do it all in the back. Like, we're just trying to figure all that out. So it'll probably be a post-trip thing along with the RSS feeds that we're going to start taking over. And in fact, you know, we've had some platform issues with Fireside, our our hosting provider. Every hosting provider has issues from time to time. So you have to take that into account. You know, if we moved it over all to Linode, could Linode have an outage? It's possible, right? So would it be much better? I, I think maybe. Like this issue we had this week, was the members version of Coda Radio went out two days late because the episode got uploaded and set to go public, but it just like was in like this infinite processing loop on their end. And they didn't have like a timeout that says like, you know, after 15 minutes, maybe check to see if this file's still encoding or whatever. And uh, although they don't encode it, we do, but they just process it, whatever that means. And it maybe it means copying it out to the CDN. No, it's to make those great waveforms they have. <laughs> yeah, that never change. <laughs> and it just got stuck there, right? And there's no error mechanism. There's no alert. There's no, like, nothing gets triggered. There's no, like, anything we can hook into. There's no API. That's too bad. Yeah. 
So we are, it's like, as time goes on, it's like, maybe we just got to build all this stuff again. Even though there's so many platforms to make podcasting easier than ever. And it has in many ways, but I think often because the number, you know, the volume we're putting out and we do some member versions and stuff. Yeah. I think we run into edge cases quite often. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, a lot of these platforms, right. They're just going to, they're going to solve like 80% of the most common problems. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. Fireside does have a sweet CDN. I mean, have you noticed how fast those JB podcast download? Mm. So sweet, right? Mm-hmm. That's oh so sweet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, basically the price we pay for Fireside is cheaper than if I just bought the CDN access myself. And with Fireside, you get a whole, you know, podcasting platform. But let's talk about the platforms we have been building. You know, we've been uh, rolling out our new website and you know where we do it? On Linode. We do it over at linode.com slash Jupiter. You can go there to get an account with $100 just pre-charged for 60 days. Just so awesome because it's a great way to kick the tires and really get an idea what you can do with it, right? Like 100 bucks means you can really find out what the platform's capable of. That is a vote of confidence on Linode's part that they know you're going to like what you see when you try it out. And how flexible has it been for us through, through this whole process? Oh, yeah. Multiple team members are working in there. You know, working with infrastructure management tools. Like when I did that update on our website to add the matrix identity info, Linode's just part of that chain. I make a change on GitHub and then the actions are triggering a build on a Linode box. And then it's 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 serving up the website and then the, the cache is refresh. It's like Linode is just, it's part of the whole orchestration. It's so great. And, uh, of course, the pricing is 30 to 50% cheaper than the major hyperscalers out there that want to invent their own names for everything and they want to lock you in there and just keep upselling you all the time. Linode has a, a business model that I really like. It's built on just creating good things and then customers pay for those good things. And so then they do more of what customers like. That seems like a, a good way to go. That's a crazy business model. I know, right? And so it means they're incentivized to do things like invest in their support department. Right, which again, the hyperscalers are not. That's not their business model. And so Linode's got 24 7, 365 customer support, good customer support. You call up, the person that answers the phone is the person that's going to solve your problem. You're not going to get transferred around a whole bunch. They also really make sure they got the sharpest documentation out there and they have great documentation. I was talking to a friend recently who's brushing up on Kubernetes for a job. Linode, they have great docs, great courses, ebooks, they have so many great resources. And then you combine the fact that they have things like S3 compatible object storage, cloud firewalls, physical servers if you need it, and a box that's going to meet that performance to price ratio that exactly hits the sweet spot for you. Maybe you need something with crazy, crazy fast drives and CPUs. They got it. Maybe you want to go generate some AI images on their GPUs. They can do it. Maybe you want to serve up a website. They have a way to just dial it in just right for you without making it too complicated. It's the golden ratio over there. Go try it out. See what I've been talking about. Support the show and give Linode a thanks for also making our road trip possible. So go to linode.com slash Jupiter. Go try them out. Sign up. New account. Get a hundred bucks. Linode.com slash Jupiter. So let's talk about that new website. A lot is going on over there. I, I have I have a new personal favorite feature, but I'm not sure where Ooh. you want to start. Oh, I think we should start there. Oh, me? Really? Well... Yeah, you seem really excited about it. Okay. Well, there's a lot of great stuff we got with this new website. So to say I have one favorite is not quite fair. It's this week's favorite. This week's favorite. I've wanted to do this on the JB website for a decade. <laughs> and I've I've taken a couple of stabs at it over the years using various WordPress plugins. And it was always a disaster because, like, not only would the plugins inevitably get abandoned or one got, like, turned into adware, but uh, also they were manual. So, like, uh, what I always wanted to do was have a banner that comes up on the site, real nice and tacky, that says, we're live right now. And if you just, you know, if you're you're at your website, you're at our website, you go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com. It's ironic and sad to me that people could be visiting our website while we were live and have no idea there's a live production going on. Somewhere on this website, we're live recording a show right now where you can watch us. And you could go visit our site to get a show and have no idea it's happening. 
And so I'd try these banners, right. these like red ribbons and like these little things that show up in the corner to try to, you know, tell people we're live. I tried these for years on and off. And then of course I'd always forget to turn them off after the show. So then I'd like do a show on a Friday and leave it up all weekend. So it's like midnight on a yeah. Saturday. And, and I'd wake like, up oh, and the, Chris is working yeah, hard. I'd, I'd wake up in the morning and get like, Hey, the, the stream seems to be down. Like, <laughs> Oh no. Oh, I to turn the thing off. So what we have now on the new website is so outrageously great. There is on the top bar, you know, our general links for like the shows, the sponsors, the calendar and the live page. And now when we are live, a tasteful little red background around the live link turns on. And when we turn the stream off, it turns off. It's not overbearing. It's not like some big banner. It doesn't like reload the UI and shift it down just as you're about to click. Right. It's just a classy little red square behind the live link. Yeah, it's super nice. It's so well done. And, you know, as a team internally, we've been kicking around an idea like this and we were like, how would we do it? When we came up with idea, I don't think, did we, did anybody ever suggest this approach? It's so simple and yet so obvious. That's what I mean. The hive mind is better. Yeah, it really is. And now we have an effing red box behind the live link. And I know it's a small thing, but when you've wanted something for a decade plus, you know, it's a pretty big win. And to just wake up one morning and have that, pretty great. Pretty, pretty great. And you know, Chris, this actually builds on uh, last show's favorite. You had a favorite feature that got implemented, which was the... The auto live embed. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is actually playing off of that uh, using PeerTube API in the back to just say, hey, if it's live, make it red. If it's not live, don't make it red. So PeerTube turns out another really sound tech investment we made this year. That's true. Again, it was in the effort of decentralization was the primary driver. And then it turns out what we've done is we've built ourselves a platform that we can now like use the API to auto embed or to determine when we're live or not programmatically. We never like implemented it for that, but it's so clearly, you know, we needed that. And I, I did deploy it after talking to Alex Gates, the podcasting two to do consultant. I, I wanted, I wanted the plumbing there so we could live stream to the podcasting two to do compatible apps like Podverse. So I wanted the plumbing and, and PeerTube's part of that plumbing. But then I started, you know, there's all these other benefits like, like this, but also, well, now we have our own platform. Like if we ever wanted to start shooting video again, we got a platform for it that's not on YouTube. And that's actually working really well. We haven't had that many, yeah. if any, issues no. with it recently. Right? Yeah. So it's been great. Knock on wood. So I want to say a huge thanks to DeckBot for, um, for doing that PR and getting that feature in. We did a few you know back and forths that's the beauty of the platform and uh, I, t- I think it turned out great i i i for you chris really did a push to try to get that in before last week's linux unplugged and uh, it happened so that's great so great i've always felt i've always felt like it was so odd so disconnected that we could be live and they'd be on our website and wouldn't even know it it's it's a real miss when you think about a decade of people not realizing that yeah. we we're live and could join us yeah so yeah wordpress so close, yet so far away. <laughs> it's that 80% again. So there's been a lot of activity going on. So what, what, what is the manifestation of that? Because I see a lot of PR information going back and forth. And when I look at the Pulse page, there's a lot of stuff listed here. Things are getting done. Yeah, I would say from the last uh, office hours, about a fortnight ago, there have been a lot of new contributors, which mm. has been amazing. And... um a lot of chat in the matrix room as well. Like for instance, we've been live here for, I don't know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes on the show. And, uh, there's like 13 new messages in the, in the uh, website room, which is, I guess I got some homework to do later. <laughs> um, and that's not even our main, you know, place to chat about things. So I, I wanted to do a few shout outs to some people that I think did some great stuff. CG bass player really did a lot of both, opening issues and solving issues with some PRs around even some like relatively simple to implement stuff, but just really tastefully done again, which kudos to everybody. They've been doing a great job. So, um, CG play bass player wrote a PR that I should review recently. Um, that more homework about implementing some issue and PR templates. So we've just had them blank. You've noticed you've written a PR for uh, mm. or an issue. Um, yeah. Template the would be server, nice. Right? And um, so they, 
wrote some templates. One is for a feature request. Another is for an issue with the development environment, an issue with some episode information. So it's sort of customizable enough that we could tune it to, oh yeah, it's, you know, if you have a specific episode, then is it the links? Is it? So there's a bunch of really neat um, stuff we've been able to do there. And it's all just implemented again in a file. So if you see an issue with the templates themselves, easy to edit, you can go edit them. It's really, really, really sweet. Yeah. And uh, did the same thing with some pull requests. So um, did a little template there. So I think that's really cool stuff. So thank you, CG. That's yeah. awesome. Should make it smoother for all the future PRs and issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, you know, a small usability improvement right. and it doesn't affect the website as you visit it. But it sure affects... Helps the team. Yeah. Yeah. All the contributors and and those who might be new to GitHub and just trying to get their feet wet in that process. Definitely. Thank you. Uh, I also may have given right permissions to Elray. Elray's been amazing this last few months. Just working, you know, sometimes I end up, you know, quitting my working day before they do. And they're in the East Coast. That's crazy. <laughs> and so, uh, all right, thank you very much for all the contributions. They've been also mentoring a bunch of people through PRs with like some code contributions and suggestions on how to do things more Hugo style. Or I, I even, yeah, certainly got a few lessons. So, all right, thank you for all your mentorship. And seriously, and, and I think they're at the top of the contributors list, mostly because they put in a lot of commits they're very commit heavy uh, <laughs> with every detail but but their prs have been some of the biggest uh, feature changes so huge thanks there yeah really especially like this is the 6th to the 13th look at that i'm telling you really impressive stuff yeah they also have a day job apparently i'm not sure uh that's true no. drawn sk also uh pumping mm-hmm. out a ton mm-hmm. from poland yeah i I've been super impressed. Many people have contributed many amazing things. And I, my human memory is not good enough to name them all, but I just want a, a blanket thank you to yeah. everyone. It's been a super exciting last two weeks. It really, sure. it's been, it's been amazing. I think this is just one of the most amazing community efforts we've ever seen for JB. I think uh, Chase did some amazing stuff too around design work, mm. uh, fixing some like layout issues and things like that. I also want to give a huge shout out to Mitch from Podverse. They actually, I guess, gave us a shout out and uh, wrote the following. By the way, whenever someone jumps in and makes a technical contribution to Podverse, they pretty much always say that they found out about Podverse from JB. That's great. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it sounds like some of the better contributions they've had recently have been coming from JB audience members. And so thank you for letting them know because that got passed on to us. And- yeah, that's very sweet. I, You know, we don't really hear the signal that that kind of stuff happens. So whenever we do get to hear that, that's really sweet. And now it is time for the boost. Our baller this week also boosted again while we were live. Gene Bean came in with a set of Leet Sats. I decided to watch part of the show live today and realized it'd be nice if there was a way to use Albi from Jupiter.tube to boost. What I decided to do was fall back to the Podverse web version and send in a live boost during the show. Just a thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching Alex Gates. He's been um, modifying um, the No Agenda tube for podcasting 2.0 features, and I think they're working out some boost stuff. I think there's something to that. Um, I don't think it's urgent, but I think there's something to it because running a PeerTube instance is pretty expensive, and so I could see some communities out there wanting to kind of incentivize content and incentivize good content, sure. and then maybe the the hosting platform's in a split with the creator, something like that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it, uh, where it's going to go, but I feel like it's got some legs. Well, and I think to facilitate that feature, um, we've been talking about also integrating a way to boost on our website on the live page where you get the peer tube embed. Yeah. Uh, again, it's a nice to have feature at this point. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, very, very high on the priority list, but that would be a, a, a nice date when that comes as well. I am glad Podverse does allow for some web boosting. We got uh, a row of ducks from TAC751. He says, uh, I love the new website. Great work. I have a question for you guys. Have you thought about starting a matrix voice chat bridged to mumble? The reason I'm thinking is I'm forced to use an iOS device to interact with you live. It's mostly the only device I have available with a microphone and voice isolation good enough for participation. However, the mumble situation on iOS is no good. Yeah, I don't love the uh, mumble options. There are a couple of third-party mumble options, but none of them are really great. 
a matrix room bridge to mumble. Have we thought about that? No, I don't think so. No, not really. Mostly because I don't want to encourage people to leave mumble. (laughs) I really like our mumble community. And, um, I think it's such a great tool for this kind of thing. It's just one of those that's ahead of its time, right? When you see how popular clubhouse and Twitter spaces have become in discord rooms, there's clearly audience demand or customer demand or whatever for that kind of thing. But I think Bumble was maybe a little soon, a little early, but it's the best still. Mm. Uh, so I really want people to join our Mumble room. I really think it's a great tool. I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm an old guy. Maybe I should consider it. We'll give it a little time and see. We haven't yet deployed any bridges. That's true. On purpose. Yeah. The other thing I think is worth considering, Chris, is that the last time we tried to use the voice stuff in Matrix, which was several months ago, it didn't quite work out so well for us. So I don't think we have much information on the state of things around there. So it yeah. would need a lot more testing for us to rely on it. Yeah, we would probably need. Yeah, you're right. I think it's gotten better. I, I know they've I been working imagine. on that. But yeah, I would yeah. imagine. Just about everything has. Mm-hmm. So. Dylan boosted in with 3,500 sats. He says, now with the Hugo deployment out of the way, any plans for a Jupyter Broadcasting form? I wonder how in the loop you are with free and open source form software. Do you have a favorite? I myself am currently getting ready to set up Flarum, F-L-A-R-U-M, for my own community. I would love to hear more about that. Dylan, if you or Dylan, if you uh, have any experience with it or uh, how your users respond to that, um, you're probably not surprised to hear me say i'm not super interested in a form we used to have a very large form that's how we actually uh came onto scale engines radar mm. who was our was our original host was because the hosting provider we had at the time was like you got to get out of here your website's taking way too much traffic too many resources you got to get out of here and uh so we're like okay okay and we don't know where to go and alan's like well i'll, I'll help you and he helped us migrate to scale engine and you know, it remained popular for a while, but then it kind of faded. And then we set up some other ones over the years, different platforms, um, Discourse, VBulletin, PHBBB, and other ones, you know, just kind of playing around with them. And I think it just feels like the world's kind of moved more towards real-time communication. Although, clearly, like, there's some, there, there are, for certain projects, it's nice to have GitHubs with, you know. Asynchronous communication. Asynchronous yeah. communication. So there are times where it works. It just feels like we already have too many platforms and too many options. And we're finally kind of consolidating around Boost and Matrix and Telegram. Well, I do feel like Matrix Matrix with all of its subdivisions, you know, all the different rooms and the topics. Yeah, they're kind of like subforums. It's pretty much a forum. Yeah. uh, If you look at it that way, the way we have it set up. And so I would say uh, if you haven't spent that much time there, go there for sure. I, I hope it has some of the same feel, but to get some of the stuff live too and all the features that it has, I think it's been actually really pleasantly amazing yeah yeah it feels like that's the way to go now yeah i agree i'd be curious to know what they think and we've tried to break the subjects up quite a bit so no one particular room is going crazy like i can pretty much stay up to date on all the rooms without it feeling like a burden you so i know i dedicate a monitor to it where i remember before matrix uh you were feeling feeling pretty overwhelmed oh i still struggle with the telegram room i i can only just kind of jump in there a few times a day and i can't really stay up to date on all of it or same with twitter just when it's one flat stream, it just doesn't work for me because it's just not what I'm doing all day. Sergeant Apple boosted in with a row of ducks. Thank you kindly. He just simply said, congrats on the new website. We got a, we got a lot of congratulations on the new website. So thank you, everybody. Rustacastaversa boosted in with a thousand sats. Pew! I sat around for four minutes of dead air waiting for a secret bonus at the end, like of a Marvel movie of last week's episode. Oh, no. You guys got me. Uh, but great job on the new website. It's so awesome and cool that the community's involved. Cheers, everybody. Yeah, I think that was just an export mistake. That's uh, another thing we broke. Oops, sorry. Yeah, uh, and Drew kindly uh, snipped and republished. But if you downloaded one of the uh, early versions of the show, you got a little extra dead air at the end. You know, I think we probably deserve to put in some little special feature at some point. We should have. Well, and you know, most weeks will, not every time, but a lot of times we'll have something in the post show, usually not with office hours, but every now and then. So it, you know, I would not be, it would not be unusual to expect it. But never like a secret song from a 90s CD, you know, where you got to skip yeah. through like 90 songs to that get to That was such the... a thing. That was such a thing. <laughs> wow. Um, so Gene Bean is technically uh, a double booster this week with another set of elite sats. 
And I need to spend time with Albie because uh, maybe Gene Bean, you can be our uh, our Albie uh, correspondent. Anybody else out there that's using Albie, he's looking for ways to generate an invoice on mobile so he can essentially use Strike on mobile and top off his Albie wallet. Um, he says, I've only found out how to do this via the desktop web extension, but he'd like a way to do it completely on mobile. Right. The way I, I would think you'd do it, right, was you would you'd probably have your mobile phone and the desktop extension up and kind of do it at the same time, but it would be nice to do it all when you're out and about. I think sometimes that's the problem with some of these like QR methods. And I'm not saying that's the case here, but I've seen that sometimes when they implement like a QR code scanning yeah. method of getting an invoice in or something. Well, you kind of necessarily need two devices for that. I think we got to spend time with Albi. Uh, I have it installed and I've used it a little bit because um, I use it for my boosting with Podverse, but I haven't really like lived with it. But I think it's worth that time and investment. Proximity sent in their very first boost, just 25 sats. But uh, they're a new Linux user who started listening a couple of years ago when the lockdowns happened. They started listening to our podcast, which is great because I heard a lot of people that stopped listening. That's true. Lockdowns. <laughs> Changing habits. But and I'm curious what you think about this. We haven't talked about this much at all. He says, I think the idea of Fountain, where you earn sats while you listen, is great for the podcast economy. So here's a small token as my first boost ever. So in Fountain... The way this works is they now let podcasters promote clips or an episode and you pay like a thousand or two thousand sats or ten thousand sats to have your show promoted. And in Fountain, the, the, the home page, if you will, of the app when you launch it is a discover page. At the top, it'll have two promoted clips and then I'll have about like six community source clips. And uh, some of the most popular community clips will be featured on, uh, on this page. And then on the second page is all your podcasts. And so when you listen to a podcast or you listen to um, a promoted clip, you get streamed sats. And those sats are taken from the promotion when people bought promoted spots on Fountain. So uh, you can earn sats as you listen. As you know, I've earned like 55,000 sats. And we get a lot of people who boost in just from the sats they earn. I'm curious, does it seem gimmicky to you or does it seem like a legit system? Because it's the only podcast app that's doing this. But um, the idea is sort of like, so on that road trip, you're driving for 11 hours. If you listen to podcasts the entire time with Fountain and you were in good flow, which is mean you've been listening to making clips, you know, you might have been able to earn, you know, a, a, a chunk of change there. Although don't clip and drive people. Yeah, don't clip and drive. What are, what are your thoughts? Scammy or the future? When this first came out, I was actually quite worried. I thought, oh, Fountain has been doing good things, and now all of a sudden they have this system that can potentially really ruin yeah. what they've been doing. Things can get weird when you yeah. when money gets involved. But I think it's in their implementation. It sounds like, you know, even you mentioned when you first bring it up, it has two featured clips, and then the rest are community clips. I think that's actually a really nice balance, because you're not just inundated with, you know, they're all promoted Ads. clips, yeah, right. right? It's like, oh, I don't actually, there's not that much value in all this, because someone just bought their way in. But to have a mix between the two, I think that's actually a really nice balance. So the community, you know, has their stuff that's promoted uh, just through uh, meritocracy, I guess. Yeah. You know, when the when I first started using Fountain and I saw the clips, I was like, oh, get these. I want my podcast as my default screen. Get these clips out of here. Now, like months into it, uh, there's a couple of things I like a lot about it. A, I now, like if I just want to, if I'm just doing something for a few minutes, like maybe I'm tidying the kitchen and I want to kill five minutes. I used to go to YouTube and I'd watch something that's probably like junk food for the mind on YouTube while I was doing a short task. Right. But now I open up fountain and I just play a podcast clip and it's almost always better because you're right. It's not an algorithm that's picked it. It's the popularity in the fountain community that's brought it to the top. And through that process, I think I've added three, maybe four podcasts that I listen to on the regular now as a result that I never. Wow. And so it's like now I have podcasts that are only in Fountain. Um, and I'm like, I've got some in Podverse and I've got some in Fountain. It's, it's a <laughs> bit of a mess, but I really like their clip discovery. And I started as a skeptic and I like the sat streaming system because it's just one more like, well, this podcast is on YouTube, but it's also in Fountain. And I could earn some sats if I listen in Fountain. So I'll just listen in Fountain. And I think that's better. I think it's a, I think for the content creator, it's better if I listen in Fountain. And I think for me, 
because of the YouTube ecosystem and how it just keeps sending you down a rabbit hole. I think it's better for me if I listen in Fountain and I earn sats at the same time. So, yeah. Another thing is that like proximity here. If if you're not fully into the whole like Bitcoin thing and and getting your own sats and you you know you don't want to jump through all those hoots to just start playing with this. Uh, the sat streaming is actually a really nice way yeah. to just kind of get your toe wet. Yeah. And, you know, for 25 sats, he just kicked off this whole conversation we just had. Right. That's the great thing about the boost. It's not really about the value so much. It's about whatever it is to you, right? Those are his first 25 sats he's ever earned. Well, that's a lot to him, that's right? Awesome. It's what does the, what is the value of the show to you? Uh, so thank you, Proximity. Uh, we got a uh, boost from GLT Gordon, 2,000 sats. Took your advice to use Fountain to gain some sats. The UK banks are not allowing me to buy Bitcoin. There's another reason why you might want to earn oh. sats. So what you got to do, JL, is you got to optimize your flow mode. If you go into the overflow menu, the hamburger menu in Fountain, it'll give you what your flow status is. The higher your flow, the higher your earn rate. You get more flow by listening to clips, by liking clips, by making clips, and by boosting shows. The more you do that, your flow meter goes up. Oh, and the big one, the biggest thing you can do is recommend people, like give them your um, your link. Referral link? Yeah, referral link. And if you get five people, you get like you get like a 5x flow rate. And and some people, I think it might have been in the Bitcoin chatting matrix room, were suggesting, yeah, if people want to throw in their their referral links in there, people chase, you know, use oh, them. Yeah. So there's a bit there of a community go. happening here too. I I just I think it's I think it's it, it, what what I am seeing as a podcaster is a lot of those sats are coming back to the podcasters. Nice, right? Because you could just cash them out. Oh, you're right, of course. But people are turning around and using them to boost. So it is. It's the the listeners are earning and then they're reinvesting it into the podcast. So there's value in the ecosystem. Right. Mm, nice. um, very interesting system. So I'm, I am I like you was at first, I was a little trepidatious. I'm like, yeah, you add money to anything and it can get weird. Oh, yeah. Having now seen it and, and seeing their updates, they've done a couple of app updates since they've implemented it and they've kind of made it smoother and easier to see where you're at, clear what's going on. Uh, so I think they've done a good job on the implementation. So you feel pretty satisfied now? <laughs> That's good. Thanks. Somebody should bang suggest that. JLT also sent another 3,500 sats just to say, hey, we got also 50 sats from a young dookie who said, uh, I'm still having trouble finding the show. But uh, usually if I find a clip of the show, then I can find the show from there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think we might rename the show after after the trip or towards the, maybe around the holidays. Might be time for a show. If, rename. I think if we were the only podcast on the planet, maybe it'd be a good name, but yeah. I would imagine it's been used a lot. And a lot of podcasts that use the name Office Hours are podcasts about the show, off The Office, the U.S. edition oh, of The Office. Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll have to get some ideas. Yeah, we're on open the, to suggestions. Yeah. So you're right, a young dookie. It is a pain in the butt. And uh, if you don't get the right one, it's like maybe doesn't have the boost feed and all that too. So we're going to work on that. But he does say, regardless... Great work, everyone, on the new website. Ooh, <laughs> a bonus point. We got a lot. We got a lot this week. I didn't. I wasn't going to necessarily put them all in because you know we're we're kind of being selective about the boost we include now. But we do read all of them, and uh, we got a lot of compliments on the new website. So that was really nice to see. Thank you, everyone. You can go grab a new podcast app at newpodcastapps.com. I love Podverse because it's built into our website, but it's GPL. It's available for Android, iOS. It's on Fdroid. And they're constantly making it better. We're going to have Mitch on the show in a few weeks to kind of talk about it. But now we're going to hit the road. I don't know if we'll be live next week or in two weeks. I'm just, all our shows are weekly except for self-hosted. Where are we going to be in two weeks? Let's see. Um, will we be all the way down in Pasadena? I think it's a Pasadena. I think the next office hours actually falls on the day we're supposed to drive down to Pasadena to the Airbnb. Yeah, it's on the 27th. Yeah. So you and I might, the reason why I'm not sure if we're going to be live is because you and I might just wake up super early, yeah. record an off-air oh, yeah, show, okay. yeah. and then hit the road. That's the safer option, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think we're going to do. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. I don't really know, because who knows, right? I'm not even really sure where we're going to be. This is where it gets fun. But uh, I think we got all the right gear on, on board, Jupes. Uh, there's a couple of things I had to pick up. We got a new Zoom field recorder, so all the XLR ports are working. We should probably take it out of the box and put batteries in it. And try it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I got a I got a Elgato Stream Deck wow, for switching. Really? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I only have one monitor Whoa, when I'm on the road. That's so. nice. 
Here I've got one, two, three, four, five screens. So I go from having five screens to do the show to having one screen. So I thought, yeah, the stream deck's probably a good way to go. You know, get some basics, just get some basic functionality up on there and, and take some of that stuff off from clicking. So got to kind of get all that wired up. You know, still a little bit of work to do on that. But we still got a, we got a few days because uh, we're going to record Linux Unplugged in studio. We're doing a double this week. And uh, then Coder on Monday morning. And then we're hitting the road. And we're out of here. We're like driving for 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. So well, I'm used to that by now. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it then. It's time to get out of here. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Office hours are over. We got to tidy up and pat. We got to get out of here. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>